searching for the things this world has rejected. The things that are broken, that are flawed, thrown away and discarded. I seek the lost, the damaged, the forgotten things, the overlooked and the neglected. Things that have been pushed aside and left behind. Why? Why do I do this? Why chase after that which is despised by so many? It is because I have chosen the rejected. I bring restoration to the broken. I see beyond the flaws and the imperfections, and I bring new life to the lost. This world has called them useless and garbage, hopeless and unwanted. They have been scarred, abused, ignored, and unloved, but I, I have reclaimed them, and they belong to me now. They are my masterpiece, and I have a plan and a future for every single one. For I am crafting these dissonant and discarded pieces into something beautiful. So I have a daughter that loves to repurpose furniture. I don't get it. You know someone like this? My daughter loves to repurpose furniture. She can see beauty and function and style in stuff that I think looks like junk, right? It's damaged and it's discarded. And yet my daughter, she sees a masterpiece. Whether it's a ratty old chair from Goodwill or a dusty desk from someone's basement, my daughter looks at it and she can see what it can become, what it can be restored to. And she will, she'll tell me, she says, Dad, I'm going to sand that down and stain it darker. It's going to be awesome. Or I'm going to recover that and change out the legs, and it's going to be a terrific piece. She sees something that I don't see. I don't get it. I can't see it, but she sees it. She sees it restored, repurposed to original value. And usually, usually, it comes out as something beautiful. And when it doesn't, I step in, because I take it to the dump, right? <laughs> but most of the time, I'm like shocked by what she's seen and then restored and repurposed. It's kind of like this video. I love this video, because it demonstrates exactly what God has done for us, because God has taken broken and flawed and damaged people and he has reclaimed and repurposed them for something beautiful. You know what that is? To put his image inside us so he can reproduce himself in the people he loves. It was God's plan for us from the beginning. In fact, right out of the gate in the first pages of Scripture, Genesis tells us what God's purpose was for humankind. We're told that you and I were made in the image of God. It reads like this. God said, let us make man in our image 
So God created man in his own image, and the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over all the earth. Adam and Eve were to rule over all creation and fill the earth with the image of God. God said it as straight as he could. He says, I've put my spirit inside you, my image inside you. Now fill the earth with the image. It was a perfect plan. Perfect until this couple chose to willfully disobey God and eat from the exact tree God commanded them not to. And then everything changed. I mean everything. Adam and Eve rebelled against God, the one they had formerly trusted, and everything got turned upside down. Adam and Eve became guilty and fearful and defensive and blamed each other. It was their sin that destroyed this image of God inside them in this first man and woman and what happened is our identity became marred and disfigured. And every person born since has been born with this marred image. Every person born since is born into this identity crisis because we don't know who we are or what we were created for. The consequence of our sin was serious, both for Adam and Eve and for you and I. You know, sin made Adam and Eve and you and I so selfish self-conscious, self-centered, self-righteous. After we sinned, our purpose changed. It became all about us. It was no longer to fill the earth with the image of God. It's about us, our needs, our rights, our plans, our desires. We made our purpose all about us. And that's why we get so hurt and so disappointed and so offended so easily because we've made the purpose of our life all about us when it was never intended to be about us in the first place. God's purpose is and always has been to showcase the image of God in the people he loves, the pinnacle of his creation, you and me. He created human beings in his image, put his image inside of Adam and Eve, and then said, fill the earth with the image. The original plan was derailed by this couple when they chose to willfully sin against God, and disobey him, and the image of God was forever damaged. And God warned them about this. Remember what he said? Remember what he told this couple? He loved these two, and he said, whatever you do, do not eat from that tree, because the day you eat of it is the day you surely die. Well, did they die? Well, he didn't fall over dead, but they died. So what died? Who God created them to be died. And when that died, the image went with it. And so they were no longer able to fill the earth with the image of God because that image now is disfigured. The representation of God that they carried in them, the likeness they carried, was now damaged. And so God's remedy, his plan to restore this now ruined image, was to send his son Jesus to be the atoning sacrifice for this sin. Jesus would come and remove sin from man and woman, take away our sin, and restore then the image of God inside us. We ruin the original image that God put in us. Jesus comes and, and restores us back to original design. He restores what we ruined. He repurposes us. Jesus died and his blood removes our sin. We're put in right relationship with the Father, and then the Father puts his image back inside us, his Holy Spirit it's a perfect plan. We're restored, repurposed for the original purpose that God had for us. We're back to original value. 
Jesus did not die only for your salvation to get you into heaven. Jesus died on the cross to purchase your redemption, to restore the image of God back inside you. So I'll say it again. God's purpose for you is and always has been to have you fill the earth with the image of God. We just needed a second chance, and Jesus gave it to us. We are repurposed to fill the earth with God's, God's image. So we start with you. Yeah, I like that. Thank you, whoever's telling me, giving back to me. Thank you, Rachel. We're, we're restored to original design, and now we're to fill the earth with the image of God. What you need to do, though, is you first have to believe what God says about who he created you to be so you can then get on, get on with it and get on this mission. You have to believe what God's word says about you. Yeah, I love telling people what the word of God says about them because Jesus and every writer of the New Testament reminds us of who we are and what God's purposes are for us. I want to remind you now what God says about you and me. The Bible says that you are a dearly loved son or a cherished daughter, that God has adopted you as one of his children. He chose you before the creation of the world. If that were the only truth about you, that would be enough. That would be enough to get on with it and get around about the business of filling the earth with, with his image, but it's not the only truth about you. There's way more. I think I'll remind you about what the, God, what the Bible says about who you are and what God created you for. To those who have put their faith in Christ, the Bible says that you're a co-heir with Christ, you're seated with him in the heavens, that you've been made right with God and forgiven of all your sins. You've been bought with a price, you belong to God, and you're united with him in spirit. The Bible calls you a saint, a friend of God, a citizen of heaven. He calls you the salt of the earth, the light of the world, the branch of the true vine. You're appointed to bear fruit, much fruit, fruit that will remain. You're hidden with Christ, free from condemnation, and your heart of stone has been replaced with a heart of flesh. You're the aroma of Christ, a new creation, God's temple, his workmanship, God's co-worker, and his ambassador of the good news. Are you getting this? This is amazing stuff, people. The word says this about you. And you're there going, I don't know if God can use me. What is that? What is that? I don't think you believe the truth about you. God's word says that you have every good gift that comes from your father's hand and everything necessary for godly living, that you've been chosen by God and his spirit lives inside you. In fact, it's this same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. This is the spirit in you now that is the image of God, restored, repurposed in you so you can fill the earth with the image. You have his spirit in you. You can do the job now. It's been restored. It goes on to say that you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. This guarantees your inheritance in heaven. You're complete in Christ, and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. No weapon of the evil one can stand against you, and nothing in all creation can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. You know what's so awesome? I think God believes in you more than you do. I do. No wonder he's repurposed you. He's got a lot invested in you. He loves you and believes in you and has created you for this purpose that you and I got to get on with it. Filling the earth with the image, it was his purpose from the beginning. And now that we have this spirit back inside us, we can do it. That disfigured, marred image is gone. The restored image is in us because we carry the Holy Spirit, those of us who follow Jesus, and we can, we can fill the earth with his image. See, when you believe these truths about you, what happens? It frees you up from your insecurity and your preoccupation with self. 
And you don't have to be so self-absorbed and self-conscious and self-defending. When you believe this truth about you, about what God says about you, you're freed from the opinions of others. You don't need their approval quite as much. You're free to be loved by God, so you don't need them to say wonderful things about you all the time. You don't get offended when they don't say or say something that doesn't square with you. You don't have to worry so much about what they think or say about you because you know God loves you. You know you have a purpose from God himself. You are freed from not only yourself, but you're freed from others. That's freedom, friends. And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, yes, it's true. I believe I've been reclaimed and repurposed by Jesus. That's awesome. But I'm still so weak. I'm still so broken. I'm still so sinful. Like, what do I do about that? You know what you do? You accept his forgiveness and you walk by faith. You say, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. You don't try harder. You don't perform better. You don't clean up your act. You accept the Father's love and you let him transform you. You invite him to change you and father you and pour truth into you. You do thank him for loving you and forgiving you and giving your life purpose and meaning. You trust in him and not your own understanding. You allow him to transform you. You allow his truth to renew your mind so you start to think how he thinks about you and not how you think about you. Stop, stop thinking you have to perform well to earn God's good graces, to have him favor you. It's not about performance. It's about accepting what he's done and then believing it. You guys, Jesus has paid the price for us. I'm telling you that when you, if you perform, you're going to end up frustrated and exhausted and guilty. Guilt and shame will keep you insecure and powerless. But when you believe the finished work of the cross, what Jesus has done on your behalf, you are free. You have power, you have security, you have confidence because of what he's done and it's made a change in you. See, Jesus finished the work he came to do. In fact, from the cross, he said, it is finished. He paid the price and restored you back to the image of God so he's the one who can put his spirit back in you. You're restored. The Bible says it this way. Jesus came and was made to be sin for us. He died on the cross to redeem us. That's to restore us back to original design. We receive this redemption as a gift. It's free to us, but just because it was free doesn't mean it wasn't costly. Jesus paid the ultimate price for our freedom. In fact, the prophet Isaiah tells, tells us that Jesus was beaten beyond description when he was hung on the cross. Isaiah 52, 14 says this, Jesus' appearance was disfigured beyond that of any man and his form marred beyond human likeness. I mean, do you understand why Jesus was beaten beyond description so much so they didn't even resemble a human being? Do you get it? You, it wasn't only because of the severity and cruelty of his captors. See, the reason Jesus was beaten beyond description is because when sin got done with man in the garden, he looked nothing like he was created to be. Sin made Adam and Eve unrecognizable from who they were created to be. The image of God had been so damaged, so disfigured. And so here's what Jesus did. Jesus took that marred, twisted identity on himself so we could get our identity back. He died in our place 
So our identity and purpose is restored because of what he did. He became sin who knew no sin so we could become his righteousness. I mean, there's so many parallels to the cross. He became sin so we could become righteous. He died so we could forever live. He was separated from the Father so we could be forever joined. He was beaten so we could be healed. He became nothing so we could inherit everything. He was broken so we could become unbreakable. That's the truth of the cross. It's awesome. That's what Jesus did for us on the cross. That's why we sing about the cross and we call it the wonderful cross. That's why we say his grace is amazing. It's the finished work of the cross. It's what Jesus has done. It's done. That's why we're free to fill the earth with the image of God because Jesus did it for us. We are restored and repurposed for what God always intended. It's awesome truth. Jesus did not come to expose your sin. He came to remove your sin and expose your value and your worth and your identity and your purpose. Get that straight. The blood of Jesus removes your sin. It was John the Baptist who, who saw Jesus, right, at the Jordan River, and he said, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He takes away your sin. It's no longer on you. You are no longer condemned. You're no longer under judgment. And so what do we do? We respond by putting our faith in Jesus. He removes my sin, declares me righteous, and puts his spirit back in me. I'm restored to original design. I am repurposed for God's use. I'm restored and repurposed so I can fill the earth with the image of God. It's an amazing plan. It's the gospel. I don't know how we've messed it up so bad. It is good news, people. We get to do this. We don't have to. We get to. Because Jesus has repurposed us. So you go, all right, so Jesus did all this. Like, what do I do? Like, what's my part? I want to make this real clear, real simple. So we remember it, and then we do it. What you receive from God, you become. It's that simple. What you've received from God, you now become and demonstrate what God has done. God gives you grace so you can become a grace-filled person. You can extend grace to others. You'll treat people how they need to be treated, not how they deserve to be treated. You'll extend grace when they do not deserve it. God gives you grace so you'll return contempt with kindness, curses with blessing. You're able to put others' needs ahead of your own. You're you actually, in humility, you consider others better than yourself, so you defer to others. God shows you grace so you can show unmerited favor to people who do not deserve it, but so they can succeed and they can prosper and they can get ahead because of the grace that you show them. You've been repurposed to demonstrate the grace of God to desperate people. What you've received, you become. God shows us mercy, so we'll be full of mercy when wronged. We offer mercy rather than getting hurt and offended. We don't demand justice, insisting on our, our rights. What do we do? We surrender our rights so we can demonstrate love when wrong, patience in affliction, and endurance in hardship. God shows us mercy so we can bear up under the weight of unfair criticism, hurtful comments, accusation, and injustice. We don't return evil for evil. We overcome evil with good. You and I have been shown mercy so we can be a more merciful person. 
God extends forgiveness so we can offer forgiveness for people who desperately need it and everybody needs it. We offer forgiveness because God has shown us forgiveness for our selfishness and stupidity, our arrogance and anger, our pettiness and pride. He offers us forgiveness when we know we've sinned and when we don't. Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. That's what Jesus said from the cross. That's how he forgives. That's the forgiveness we've received. When we don't even know what we're doing, Jesus says, I forgive them. Slate clean. God offers us forgiveness so we can extend forgiveness to people. We can free them from guilt and condemnation and shame when they've wronged us. We extend forgiveness to all who need it. God has shown us compassion so we can demonstrate the goodness of God to people who, who look okay on the outside, but they're in desperate shape on the inside. We offer compassion to people and show them the love of God. We show them by how we see them with our eyes, by how we touch them with our hands, and how we bless them with our mouth. We offer compassion to people because they're desperate and they're broken and they're hurting. And they just, people just need to know that someone cares, someone loves them. I got to go to McDonald's up here several weeks ago now with the crew that I work with on Wednesdays. On Wednesdays, I take a bunch of retired guys and we do community outreach. And so we help people move, we help little old ladies and hurting families. And so we had done our job in the morning and we, we just stopped at the McDonald's up here on Black Rock Turnpike just to grab a quick burger because we had a full afternoon. So we go in, we eat rather quickly. I'm dumping my tray in the garbage and about to get the guys to, to kind of get on with our next job. And uh, I notice the woman, a woman who works at McDonald's, she's got the uniform on, she's sitting in the booth. I've never seen her sit before. This is the lady who cleans the tables and keeps it neat and tidy. She's always wiping down something and emptying the garbage. And so I see her sitting in the booth and I, I walk by her and I think she's crying. But I walk back to the guys and then I was, we were gonna go and I said, you know what? I just had to go back and so I go over and I was like, are you okay? Everything okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. And I said, you don't look fine. And I said, you sure everything's all right? And she said, my legs, I can't put weight on them, this knee. And she said, my 17-year-old daughter's coming to pick me up, but I'm, I'm really scared because if I can't stand and work on my legs, I lose my job. And I can't support my daughter and me, so I'm really scared. So I said, well, I got four men of God in that booth over there. I said, what do you say we pray for you? And she's like, no. And I said, please, let us do this. She's okay. I bring her over, bring the guys over get down, and she said it was her left knee, so I said, what's your name? She said, Chantal. So I put my hand on Chantal's knee, and I pray something real simple, like, God, demonstrate to Chantal that you love her, you see her, you care about her, you want her to be able to provide for her family, so touch her body now in Jesus' name, amen. Not too weird, not too bad, right? <laughs> I expected Chantal to jump up and be like, all right, good. <laughs> Didn't do it, it's like, dang it. So she said, thank you, still crying. We cried a little bit and just walked out. Felt good about what we were doing that day. Like, all right. We blessed that lady, tried did what we could. It was, uh, it was two weeks later on a Wednesday. Didn't have the guys with me two weeks later. And uh, I'd walk in, same time, lunchtime, and Chantal's cleaning the uh, counters. 
teams from the tables. So I was like, hey, Chantal, how's the knee? She says, oh, it's good, so much better. She says, I must speak to you. So she kind of brings me over here. And she said, um, that day you prayed? Later on that day, the manager came in, fired everybody, except Chantal. <laughs> she says, fired everybody, except Chantal. I'm like, too bad for those guys, I guess, you know? I was like, well, all right. And it was like, awesome. I, and she's like, thank you, thank you. I said, hey, hey, God just saw you and just knew that you need to provide for your family. So it just, it's God's love for you. He cares about you, right? It's like, oh, that's so awesome, right? So I left. This Thursday, I go back for a coffee because I'm here late, later on Thursday. Uh, and I walk in. Now it's like dinner time. I walk in, and there's some little dude wiping the tables. I'm like, uh-oh, this is not good. Not good. <laughs> right? I'm a little nervous. And I go get my coffee, and I'm like, I see Chantal kind of in the kitchen back there, kind of towards the back. And I said, hey, Chantal. And she says, hey, I'm the new drive through person. So Chantal gets her knees healed and gets a promotion. I'm like, how good is this? I was like, awesome. So here's Chantal sitting proudly at the drive-thru window because God allowed a couple of guys just to love on a lady who was hurting, just needed someone to show a little compassion, simple thing. Any of us could do it, but it's the way God speaks to people. It's the way God uses. It's the way we fill the earth with the image of God in really simple ways. So God also shows us unfailing love. So we can be, we can show the unfailing love of the Father to people who are hurting. They're looking for love in all the wrong places. But rather than judge them, rather than condemn them, what do we do? They, we show them a more excellent way. We show them truth and grace. We do good to those who hurt us. We give seeking nothing in return. Why? Because we're loved by Jesus. We don't need their love anyhow. We have a different source of love. So we can love those who do not love us. It does not matter. We can show the unfailing love of the Father to everyone, anyone. We love people, period. We don't need them to love us back. So we follow Jesus' example because that's the way we honor him. That's the way we lift him up. That's the way we show the world and fill the earth with the image of God by representing Jesus, by showing people the unfailing love of the Father. Here's what's so cool. Jesus said it this way. He says, freely you've received, freely give. Because God wants to demonstrate his goodness, his love. He wants, to, he wants you to display his image all over the place. Whatever you receive, you become. It's God's purpose for you. It was his purpose for you from the beginning to demonstrate the love of the Father, that you carry his image in you, and you can show a hurting, broken world, the Father, by the way you love them, by the way you give them what you've received. Your sin may have trashed the original image of God in you, but Jesus came and restored the image, paid the price, removed your sin. You are now free to represent him and his Father because the restored image in you is perfect. It's a perfect repurposing of God's image, and it's in you. And you get to show the world and God says, those who know that they carry his image, he will use them to build his kingdom and bring people in who need to know the love of the Father. That is your purpose, your mission. It's awesome. 
So what do you say, church? I say we fill Fairfield County with the image of God. Amen? We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online. And we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.